Welcome to Brightline Living, the official podcast of Brightline Eating, where we focus on living a life free from food obsession and filled with peace and unstoppability. Each week, Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson, New York Times bestselling author and founder of Brightline Eating, will cover topics ranging from food addiction to fascinating science and how to live a bright life. Now here's Susan with the audio version of this week's blog. Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So I want to start off this week's vlog with a story. Judd Apatow, it's a story about him. He's a, a comedy guy and he's a filmmaker and he's made all kinds of hilarious films like Bridesmaids and The 40-Year-Old Virgin and Superbad and the list goes on and on and on and on. So back when Judd was in high school, he was obsessed with comedy um, and he wanted to be a comedian and he wanted to make it big and he didn't know how to do that. And he noticed that at his high school, um, someone on the high school radio um, with a show on the high school radio was actually being able to interview some pretty big name bands, some big label bands, you know, fairly. And uh, Judd got an idea in his head. And what he did was he set up his, oh, he had, didn't have an interest in radio, so he didn't want to um, actually join his high school radio station and start a comedy thing there. Um, but what he did want to do is be able to talk to his idols, all these famous comedians, people like Jerry Seinfeld and Jay Leno and um, uh, Weird Al Yankovic and all these people that he was obsessed with and uh, sort of whose comedy he followed all the time. He did want to be able to pick their brains about their careers and get advice from them. So what he did was he set up a mock radio station out of his house with some little transmitter that could transmit about as far as the driveway or the mailbox. And he pretended to be his own PR agent and he would call these uh, comedians agents in Los Angeles and pretend to be the representative of this radio station and say, um, we have a radio station and we have a show and we would like to formally invite, you know, Jerry Seinfeld to be a guest on this show. And over the next two years, he got to interview all of his favorite comedians, including Jay Leno and Jerry Seinfeld and Weird Al Yankovic and all the rest, Sandra Bernhardt and on and on and on. So his show was like full every week for two years. So um, in doing that, he, he would pick their brains through the whole interview. Um, you know, how do you write your material? How did you get started? How did you find an agent? How did you find your voice? How did you hit your stride? How did you um, uh, get noticed? How, how did you book your first shows? And he would take them through the history. And, and through doing this, he learned how to make it in the world of comedy. So... I tell you this story because I read a book recently. Um, it's right here. Um, it was amazing. It's an incredible book. It's called Decoding Greatness, How the Best in the World Reverse Engineer Success. Now, this is by Ron Friedman. This is Ron Friedman's second book. His first book, book was brilliant as well. And um, what's brilliant about this book is that uh, so many things, but um, what I love about it is all the stories he tells. He opens up with a, an incredible story about 
Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. And um, some really intense moments where those two clashed heads in their careers. Uh, Really like uh, nail-biting stuff. Um, And Ron is a really good friend of mine, the author of this book. And he and I go way back, actually. And we got our PhDs at the same university. So um, uh, Ron is a an expert in the psychology of motivation, and he's become an incredible author. So what's interesting about this book and the story that I just told you about Judd Apatow is it makes me realize that bright line eating is really all about reverse engineering. And your bright line eating journey is about reverse engineering. Look, we've got Um, we've been sort of fed two stories, two primary stories. And this is what Ron starts off talking about in this book um, after you get the great story about Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. Um, He talks about how there are two stories about how exceptional performance is created. And exceptional performance could mean anything. It could mean, you know, um, exceptional performance at work. It could mean losing all your excess weight and keeping it off for the rest of your life, you know, going from um, class three obesity to, you know, a healthy right size body, right size for your frame, for your genetics, for your sensibilities about what feels right size to you and living the the rest of your life free from food obsession and cravings. As you know, if you've been around here for any length of time, because I share these statistics all the time, Um, it's exceedingly rare out there in the world for people who don't do bright line eating to achieve that. Um, You know, it's something like um, one in 124 women with just class one obesity, not class three obesity, one in 124 women will uh, get into a normal BMI within one year out there in the world. Um, Here in bright line eating, um, our odds are 55 times greater than that, like just stunningly good. I think one in three here. Um, so, you know, we do pretty well around here at beating those odds. And the two stories about how successful, extraordinary performance is achieved are, on the one hand, we're told the story of talent. Some people just have extraordinary talent, and then their job is to find a niche that allows their talent to flourish. I guess in Bright Line Eating, the talent story would be like, well, some people just take to weight loss, or some people take to Bright Line Eating, right? The other story is the hard work story, the 10,000 hours of uh, grueling practice story, right? Um, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a whole book about that, the, the idea that it takes you know, all kinds of practice, that that's the real story of how exceptional performance is created. And in this book, Decoding Greatness, Ron talks about a third avenue for achieving greatness, which is copying a really successful person's path who did it already before you. And when I look back at the history of Bright Line Eating, that's exactly how this program was created. Um, Back in January of 1960, January of 1960, a program was created called Overeaters Anonymous. And that was uh, basically, I don't, you know, like copied from the template that came from Alcoholics Anonymous, which was copied from the template that came from the Oxford groups before them and so forth. Um, So sort of each group was sort of looking at another group and saying, okay, look what they're doing. We could do something really similar, but a little different, like reverse engineering what they did. 
Overeaters Anonymous did that and created a food program that was based essentially on an addiction model. Now they didn't use the word addiction in OA,、um, but they had sort of a similar idea of we're going to have a food plan and you stick with your food plan and then you're abstinent, and that's the equivalent、uh, for people with food、um, to sobriety if your issue is alcohol, right?、Um, and so. OA was created, and over the next several decades,、um, over a million people, millions of people joined OA. I mean, I don't know what their total membership is, but it's fairly sizable. And over time, what happened is that some people, but not all people, were successful. And、uh, success leaves clues. And those people had sponsees, and those sponsees tried to do what their successful sponsors did. And so there was a reverse engineering process of like, let's follow the people who are successful. Let's do what they did. Now, when Overeaters Anonymous stopped allowing food plans to be distributed at their meetings, right around that juncture and and downstream of that, over the next couple decades,、uh, a whole bunch of spinoff. Twelve-step programs were created with pockets of people who really felt that it was necessary to have a formal food plan in order to be successful. So these other groups were created, and again, it's like success leaves clues. Often, those were sort of the more successful people who felt that they were no longer being supported in their recovery in the Overeaters Anonymous framework, where、um, a specific definition of abstinence wasn't adhered to on the group level. So. Um, at least five that I can think of、uh, spin-off twelve-step groups who copied what essentially what they did from Overeaters Anonymous, but but made their own twist, made their own modifications,、um, and that's essentially what Ron argues in this book is that、um, the the best path to success is to reverse engineer someone else's path to success, but with your own twist, with your own twist. And the reason that I bring up that Judd Apatow story is that within Brightline Eating, we have had enough longevity now where we have a fairly sizable community from which you could do pretty much essentially what Judd Apatow did. You wouldn't need to make up your, your you know, your own radio station to do it. Um, but if you reached out to people in the online support community, people that you saw as having a level of success that you would love to emulate, you could ask them if you could interview them for a few minutes and just pick their brain about how they work their Brightline Eating program. And you can ask them questions like,、um, "How did you get started? How did you、uh, handle the food at the beginning? How do you handle it now?、Um, are there any sort of tried and true recommendations of Brightline Eating that you don't follow?" Um, where do you think the weak points in your program are, and、um, does it work for you to to have them, or how are how are you sort of thinking of those weak points right now? Like, try to get a sense of what they think their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. Now, now remember that this is a person whose program, whose results,、um, you think are worthy. Of、uh, of copying, of emulating, right?、Uh, but get the whole picture of their story.、Um, ask about their morning routine. Ask about their evening routine. Ask about their food prep rhythms. Ask about whether they do any service in the community,、um, like the Brightline Eating community, right? Whether they、uh, lead a Gideon Games team or sponsor other people or that kind of thing, right? 
Um, yeah, so pick their brain. Now, here's why I would recommend that you get the whole picture of the kind of program that they work, not just what they think they're doing well. Um, and for this, I'm going to tell you about a study uh, that was done a long time ago. It was at an Ivy League school. I think it was Harvard. It might have been MIT. And it was um, uh, something that was done to a bunch of budding scientists, budding scientists. And there were two sections of a big introductory science course. And to one section, so it was the same course, to one section, the researcher went in and uh, told the story of um, a scientist and told about all of his accomplishments. Now, this was not a well-known scientist, but it it was somewhat, so it might have been, you know, an astronomer who um, discovered a bunch of stars, created a new kind of telescope, uh, mapped certain parts of the heavens, you know, for the first time that nobody knew about, somebody from the 1500s or 1600s or 1700s or something, not a famous name, but still someone who had an incredible body of work, laid out all of his accomplishments and then asked this freshman class of incoming would-be scientists, how many of you feel that you have it in you to have a career as successful and impactful as his? And no one said yes, not one person. Now, in the other section, they did the same exact thing, shared all the same information, all the same list of facts about his successful career, but they added, interspersed in there, all of the man's failings, all the failed experiments, all the things that he tried that didn't work, maybe, you know, that his marriage went south, that, you know, he suffered for, uh, from depression for a period of 10 years, like interspersed with the highlights of the successful career, all of the human failings and the failed aspects of his career. And then they asked... Same question. How many of you feel that you could have a career and an impact as successful? And then almost the whole class raised their hand. So the point there is that when we hear someone's whole story, when we understand all of what they've done, now there's someone that's worth emulating in our mind, right? Worth um, reverse engineering their success. When we hear their whole story, suddenly we're um, inclined to be able to picture ourselves following in their footsteps. It might surprise you to hear how the successful people at Bright Line Eating that you might, you know, at the moment compare yourself to and say, oh, I could never do it like they do it. You know, remember zero people uh, when they just saw the highlights, you know, zero people were able to picture themselves um, having a career or an experience as successful. But if you were to talk to these people and hear about their slip ups, their struggles, the things that they don't do that are according to the letter of the law and bright line eating, all of the ways that um, they feel like they fall short, all of that nuance, suddenly you might find yourself able to picture yourself following in their footsteps. And you'd have all of that great 
information to go on. When Judd Apatow interviewed those folks, uh, he learned things that he never would have learned if he hadn't done those interviews. Like they um, they were sort of in agreement, all of these amazing comics, that it takes about seven years to find your voice and hit your stride as a comedian. They were in agreement that even a few days not on stage makes your uh, comedic voice get rusty, that one of the most important things you can do as a comic is make sure to be up in front of an audience as often as humanly possible. Um, So Judd Apatow learned things from them that he just couldn't have learned um, any other way, really. So I want to invite you to look at the Bright Line Eating journey as one of reverse engineering as one of reverse engineering. And because this is a book all about reverse engineering with some of the most incredible stories ever, I want to particularly direct your attention to chapter four, which is called the scoreboard principle. The scoreboard principle, which is about uh, measuring and monitoring and tracking, which is something I talk about a lot in Bright Line Eating. And Ron shares the science in here that there's hardly anything you can do that will improve your performance as much as just starting to measure it because measurement begets improvement. Measurement begets improvement. Now, um, if you've been around here for a little bit, you might know what's coming. I did speak with Ron and I did interview him Um, And you can get access to that interview if you go ahead and order Decoding Greatness. If you go ahead and order the hardcover, it's not out yet. It's coming out June 15th, 2021. You might be watching this vlog long in the future, in which case, look, it's out. (laughs) Um, But if you're watching it in real time, um, the week that this vlog comes out, it's not out yet. But if you pre-order it, And just send me an email saying that you pre-ordered it. All you have to do is send any kind of proof, a screenshot of the, of the, you know, congratulations, you've ordered the book page, uh, type in the receipt numbers, just say where you ordered it from. I ordered it from, you know, Amazon and here's the receipt number or whatever, any kind of proof that you pre-ordered the book. Um, and what you do is you email that, uh, because the book is called Decoding Greatness, uh, you email it to the following email address, ready? It's DG for decoding greatness. DG, just those initials, no periods or anything. Doesn't matter if it's uppercase or lowercase. Emails aren't case case sensitive. DG at brightlineeating.com. DG at brightlineeating.com. Just send me any kind of proof that you have purchased the book um, on pre-order. That's fine. Once you get the book in your hands, if you want, you can take a picture of you holding the book. That would work too. Um, but I don't want you to have to wait until June 15th because I want you to get this interview of me and Ron right now. So, um, here's what I've put into this interview. I will send, when you send me that email, I will send you, um, a link to the interview with me and Ron. So here's, we just had this conversation. So first of all, Ron and I go way back. We try to have lunch once a month. Uh, He lives right here in town in Rochester, New York. And Ron is is perhaps, well, there have been a few people, but he's way up there in the most influential people at at the very beginning of Bright Line Eating. And I tell that story in this interview. So if you're someone who knows a little bit about Bright Line Eating history and cares about what were the sort of few things at the very beginning that helped me sort of get started, uh, I share a story you've almost certainly never heard um, uh, in this interview. 
Now, something else we talk about in this interview is there's a story that he uses to kick off chapter four um, on the scoreboard principle that blew my mind. And it is the one thing that I am going to take back to the Brightline Eating team and insist that we implement because it's so brilliant. So I share that in the interview as well. And then Ron actually picks apart one of the things that I do in teaching people to measure and track. And um, he he shares something that would be way more effective that I should be doing and I'm not. Um, So that was um, helpful and humbling and wonderful to hear that. So um, that's in the interview as well. And um, yeah, it's just delightful because Ron and I get along so well and have so much uh, history together and so forth. So I think you will really enjoy this interview and I think you'll get a lot out of it. Um, And in the meantime, just from watching this vlog, I really think it will be helpful forever and ever for you to think of the Brightline Eating journey as one of decoding greatness, one of reverse engineering what other people before you have done, because it's really the legacy that we're a part of. Um, I have uh, taken what I learned from decades in 12-step programs, um, changed it a little bit, and added the scientific foundation underneath it But fundamentally, what we do around here is, and the reason it's so successful, is thanks to the really now hundreds of thousands of human years of trial and error. And I don't mean hundreds of thousands of years of time. I mean, in parallel at the same time, you know, since 1960, we've had, you know, millions of people trying various versions of putting boundaries around their food and trying to make a food recovery journey look like an alcohol recovery journey. And, um, you know, I was a part of those communities, various ones for so long and saw so much work and not work that really what we do around here is reverse engineer what works reverse engineer what works. And I would argue that hearing an individual person's whole story is going to be one of the best ways for you to reverse engineer what works. Even if you just make the shift to thinking about your journey as one of reverse engineering what works, I think that right there is going to be extremely helpful. But I cannot recommend this book highly enough. It's, um, it's one of the most engaging reads uh, ever because Ron, what Ron does, he's a, he's a PhD professor, um, scientist like I am. And, and I asked him in the interview, I was like, how do you do it? How do you write such an engaging book with all these incredible stories? And what he said is that he voraciously reads and he collects all these amazing stories and he collects all these amazing studies and research findings. And then he puts them together. Like what, what stories illustrate what scientific principles? He finds the stories that he wants to tell and he finds the research that he wants to talk about. And there's so many hundreds in both columns that he just sort of mixes and matches and, and finds ways to put them together. Um, really, it's beyond the beyond. Um, so anyway, I know you will love this interview and I can't wait for you to watch it. Oh, and of course, there is a link right below this video to order the book. So uh, if you want to pre-order the book right now and then just capture that either by typing out the, um, the confirmation number or taking a screenshot of it, and then just email it to me at dg at brightlineeating.com, dg at brightlineeating.com. 
So that is the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.